I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hello. Look who it is. (laughs) You're back. We're back. We're all back. We're back. So good to be back. Oh my god. This is Historically Badass Broads. We like to talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it is a podcast. In case you weren't sure. We do like to talk. We do like to talk. We also like to talk about women. Cool ladies from history that we should have learned about in general Mm -hmm. or anything accurate about. Yep. Uh, Those are usually the two things. Um, I would agree. My new comeback when people are like, this is like a specialized version of, I'm like, sweet pea, we are and have been over half of the population of the world since the beginning. So mm. I wouldn't really call us a special interest group. So for those in your life who maybe <laughs> like to play the role of a detractor, just say I'm studying Whoa. what half of the population of the world has done. Okay. I'm empowering so myself. And others with knowledge. Yes, indeed. Oh my God, that was so nice. You sounded like a really good voiceover actor just then. Well done. Thank you so much. I want you to know that I went to a theater alum event at my university, I think last year. What university was that, Chloe? Barnard College of Columbia University. I'm so glad. (laughs) Says Miss Johns Hopkins. Um, (laughs) We are educated. Shut your face. Um, but I went, it was a theater alumni panel mm-hmm. and it's weird to be on a panel. First of all, I'm not old enough for that, but, uh, I no, but you've got the, you've got the gravitas. Thank you so much. Uh, I was on the panel and I mentioned this lovely little podcast and mm. the, these like little baby current students were like, Oh, that makes sense. I could hear that in your voice. Ah! And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. that. I appreciate that. That's, that is really And if really any nice. of you are listening yeah. right now, like I told you to, hey. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, ew. No. Horrendous. Um, okay. First mm. of all, I want to get it out of the way. I went to the Morgan Library. It was absolutely stunning. Isn't it the most wonderful place? I could have lived there. I So the room obsessed. that has the ancient collection, right? Like mm-hmm. the coins and stuff. That was mm. Belle's office. Are Her you kidding? Uh, I wouldn't joke about this. That's so cool. Or at least I'm 98% sure that was her office. I'm now questioning myself, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that was her office. Uh, it was it. like beautifully decorated, had cages with the books. Yeah. But like yeah, how yeah. insane is that reading room? All of it. Literally all of it. Did they have the beautiful illuminated Armenian um, gospel? I'm not sure. It's like a 14th. You'd know. It's a weird language. We love my people, but it's a weird language. (laughs) Um, It. Oh, my God. It's like 
literally encrusted in jewels. Oh, oh, maybe. So I honestly, the, like, I was, I was there. Like, the, like I was walking around. When you walk around. in, it's in the upper left corner. Like if you walk in toward I the was, fireplace to the left, I was near the statue. trying to absorb every detail. It's a lot, I know. And the the time that I went, I, I posted this on Instagram, but they do uh, like free entry on Friday mm-hmm. from five to seven. Usually they close at five. So it's like kind of a late night crowd. I mean, it's seven, it's six p.m. It's not a late night crowd, but <laughs> it's so it is for the morning. It yeah, and because it's winter, it's dark out, so it feels like it feels like an after party almost. Mm-hmm. And it's that obviously would be the coolest more, place to go for an after party. Almost. Yeah, and it's it's obviously more crowded because it's more affordable for New Yorkers, and it was just like it was such a good vibe in there. There were lines for things. I was like, yeah. yes, people people love this. I love it. There was uh, I think time. it was like Pierpont Morgan's library that was yeah like his office red oh my gosh I yeah so okay so imagine like Belle just like coming an entire in apartment out of that and like n- like not even knocking on that door just like walking in it was crazy I think the security guard for that room was nervous that I was gonna steal something maybe because I was like <laughs> I kept what on looking doing? at everything in like immense detail and being like wow wow I love it in here wow <laughs> he like had his eye on me I think I looked suspicious <laughs> no maybe he was just like wow someone appreciates this I don't know I, I was getting I was getting some side eye <laughs> it's a cool room it's a can you imagine that being your office and like no I'm not joking I really was like oh I could actually see myself interior designing an apartment after this Ooh. right like couldn't you see me in like some weird dark little red house the dark academia that is my vibe so yes yeah i've been on that tiktok for a while i'm not gonna lie about that it's a great i love the dark academia vibe i really do too it has infiltrated the pinterest i occasionally look at and it's good for you entertaining thank you good for you you. i used to do it for the recipes and then instagram you were on pinterest for recipes i was I didn't know. I've never done social media correctly. Let me phrase it. Let me (laughs) let me begin by saying I got a Facebook my senior year of college. Right. I I love that. I do. I really do. We do. I don't. Yeah. Listen, because I I feel like the internet exists in so many different ways because there are different people who would like to use it differently. Like if Pinterest recipes exists it is because there are people enjoying it right like there's somebody I, I who it. is putting them out there are people who are using them mm-hmm. the, it's it's, it, it's a choose your own adventure the internet it's like is. a really easy way to save things like i get that i have a board i have like a cake board or whatever and mm-hmm. then i have a like pies and tarts that's smart. then there's savory and then mm-hmm. there was like i have a whole separate like it really works it's great i get that and then like if i know i'm looking for a recipe i'm like i i don't have to remember which weird website i found it on i can just mm-hmm. like look at i know it's a cake so it's probably on the cake board and then Absolutely. boom and then i get cake all right maybe i'll go on pinterest okay. after this <laughs> Do it. It's fun. Oh, and I also, that's where I can get a lot of my like um, really cool pictures of like some embroidery, like historical stuff. So mm. I can like copy it later. <laughs> oh, that's It's like cool. where you get like really beautiful high def pictures. You can find like beautiful pictures of like um, old textiles. And so then you can end up using it. 
using the same patterns and stuff. It's okay, really cool. well, pro tip, everybody. See the stitches. So I have like a craft board. There have yeah. to be stitchers in our listening group. There have to be. Guys, if, if there you're are an embroiderer and you're not using the Cruel Work Company, mm-hmm. I understand they're expensive, but let me just mm-hmm. say the quality of materials is mm-hmm. such that I cannot go back to DMC thread. Like I know there's a purpose for it, but if you're if okay, so if you're doing cruel and Jacobean work, cruel is C-R-E-W-E-L for the record. Cruel. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that level of work, cruel work is technically defined as being done on linen with wool thread for the record. So mm-hmm. you can do the design and you can use different kinds of thread, but then it's like a la cruel work. It's not quite cruel work itself. Mm-hmm. But the cruel work company is using like the most amazing materials. This wool thread, I'm never going to be over it. I'm never going to be over the like feel of it. It's so beautiful. And the linen they use they're not using even weave linen that is historically inaccurate. No, no. Mm-hmm. They're going back and using the original stuff. It's run by a woman named Philippa. She is amazing. My girl. This company is amazing. I've learned so much about the art form and the history of it. She's so extraordinary. Like the work that she's done as a as a restorer and as an mm. artist. Anyway. Okay. So that's hot cool. tip. Sometimes they have great sales. And when they do, they usually donate things because they're wonderful. And I I stock up and it's amazing and I'm so excited. I'm currently doing a, a arts and crafts piece as inspired by a Jacobean piece. Um, I feel like with a phoenix. If you're comfortable, we should post some of the stuff you do on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, if you want. Or if you are someone who embroiders, post it. Tag us in it. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see your work. See? Yeah. I knew you would feel more comfortable with that. Thank you. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for seeing me. Of course. (laughs) You are seen. You are heard. You are loved. Well, I'm actually going to take you to the Jacobean era. So, boom. Yeah. Love that that segue. Yeah, that's that's a sick segue. Was it? Oh, my God. I thought so. Okay. who's, Who's our lady? Have you ever heard of a roaring girl? Wait. You Maybe. know, like the play. Hang on. Hang on. Molly Cutpurse? Yes! Yeah! <laughs> well, Mall. Mall. No, or that's Mal. what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <gasps> okay. This, this is an exciting everything. day on the podcast. <laughs> she is everything to me. I will Tell have me you what know. you know. I Go. will have you know that I, when I was uh, gathering mono- classical Raja? monologues. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I wish. When I was gathering classical monologues, I did the biggest deep dive into strong female monologues because mm, and she's got some. all of the classical ones I was finding were like my husband and I was like that's boring uh, yeah. I'm not interested in that and I gathered a collection of like strong confident female monologues I thought about making it into a book but that's a story for another time okay um hey guys if you're an actor or even interested in just reading a compilation of that that, let us know because chloe should do that anyway i should do that yeah you're right um if anybody's a publisher reach out to me (laughs) reach out by the way she's the greatest editor of all time anyway yeah hire me for editing also i'm available everybody um but i remember that was one of the ones that i was like really strongly considering using because it's so she's such a badass 
Wow, perfect choice. The prologue of the Roaring perfect Girl, choice. as done by yeah. Thomas Middleton, mm-hmm. the great playwright who wrote my favorite Jacobean work and most people's favorite, The Changeling. Yeah. Um, I got to play Beatrice at Lambda. Anyway, no, it was really fun. I great character. It. Oh, God. Let's talk about great speeches, but I wouldn't really say that she's a badass broad. I'd say she's like a screwed by her situation and then ends up being murdered broad. Anyway. Important distinction, yeah. Important distinctions <laughs> being done. Um, the prologue for the Roaring Girl is as follows. She okay. that roars at midnight in deep tavern bowls, that beats the watch and constables controls. To she that roars at the daytime, swears, stabs, gives braves, yet sells her soul to the lust of fools and slaves, to the civil city Roaring Girl, whose pride, feasting, and riding shakes her husband's state and leaves him roaring through an iron gate. Mm. She is a fighting badass. I'm taking you technically, okay, technically is Elizabethan, but we're going to quickly not be Elizabethan, so. <laughs> it's either 1584 or 1585. Why, Chloe? Because we don't know when she was born. We never know. We never know. We rarely know. It's really exciting if they're like, here's a definitive year. I'm like, oh not my god, important no enough to write down apparently well also she wasn't born wealthy right mary frith mary frith was born in either 1584 or 1585 in the barbican Mm. in the city of london to a shoemaker and a huswife or a housewife and (laughs) love (laughs) that's an actual thing um no i really love that (laughs) and i know not much about her early life. Why? Because we don't get to know about early lives. The thing with Mary Frith Mm. is that for the first time, I think I've ever been able to say this, she was pretty much in control of her narrative. Mm. Meaning if there was something being said about her, she said it first. Yeah. And she controlled how it was said. And Mm -hmm. even if she didn't control it, she would lean into it. She would use it. And just like the coolest, the freaking coolest person. Mm. So we're we're going into a part of London. She was born like literally on like shoe lane because her dad was a shoemaker. Shoemaker. Like it's, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like that's the level, you know, and she spent most of her life on Fleet Street. Which is oh famous, famous Sweeney Todd, Damon Barbara Sweeney Todd, yeah. Street. Oh my god, I, I think that might be like my favorite musical. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, why don't I listen? It's to gorgeous, it's amazing. It really, it's is. such a good musical. Come to New York for the revival. I want to. I dare you. Well, who's in it? Do I hate it? <laughs> who's in it? I don't remember. Uh, Josh Groban. I hate, but I do love Annalee Asher. Isn't she in it? Maybe. I love her. I don't like him. I'll never, ever forgive them for what they did to War and Peace and Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 and the fact that they cast him. Whoa. Strong. I won't. I can't forgive it. Based on the history of Chess the Musical, however, I see where the casting choices in the brain come from. Do you know what I mean? That feels like... Yeah, but I don't... Doesn't mean I have to like it, Chloe. I understand. I I understand. Okay. 1580s. Yes. 
This is a weird time, right? So Elizabeth's like super old. She's been on the throne forever. Yes, we will Mm. talk about her one day, but I have to be in the mood, okay? I have to be in the mood. (laughs) And I haven't been in the mood for years. So thank you. It's just like, I get it. We get it. She's had books written about her, plural. How many women haven't? Oh, (laughs) mall cut purse. So mall cut purse. Mall cut purse. Or mal, which. Mm is a play on like the Latin base of the word mal, which is like bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, mm. she grew up and she was just kind of like, I don't love wearing women's clothes. They don't seem very comfortable. They're very cumbersome mm-hmm. and I don't get to do fun things in them as much. So she, she was kind of known for dressing in a masculine way, which was not only seen as subversive, it was mm. illegal. Oh, okay. Illegal. Okay. Illegal. I have questions about that, but continue. No, no, no. Ask your question. No, I just mean like h- how. Why? Then? And stupid. No, no, it's in the why? Bible. No, 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 no. I, the why I'll never ask because. <laughs> it's really stupid. Men make yeah. bad laws all the time, but. <laughs> they do. Oh my God, Colleen, they do. Weird. That's our new tagline. <laughs> Men make um, bad laws. <laughs> all the time um no more so how how then did she get away with so there wasn't a police force there were these watchmen who were very Mm. poorly trained and probably drunk is my generalization that i will afford to men of a time when things weren't necessarily written about them because people get to do that to women and i like having fun so i'm gonna say they were all drunkards and a waste Mm -hmm. of space um uh and if you were robbed which is something we're going to talk pretty much this whole time about Mm. if you were robbed and or a crime was committed against you you had to capture the person and pay your own money to litigate it interesting so, so you lose more. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't the the wonderful seedy, if you will, underbelly of the great cities and kind of towns of the world were regulated by themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a mistake to think that they weren't regulated. There was absolutely regulation. It just wasn't done by the government. It was done within their own community. Right. Um, right. So... Mary, the first kind of record we have of her is when she's approximately 15 or 16 and she is indicted in Middlesex for stealing about two shillings on the 26th of August in the year 1600. Mm. And she's arrested with a woman named Jane, I think. And then she's arrested a couple times later and it's, uh, she's arrested by a woman with, without a woman with her. She's also just mm. kind of without her, just by herself. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of interesting quotes and lines that will be, uh, that will be given to her. And I think that it's unfair to say. So there is a book that purports to be the autobiography of Mall Cut Purse or Mary mm-hmm. Friff. Mm-hmm. And it was supposedly published. It is, it was published a couple years after her death and spoiler alert, she is not still alive. Why? Because she lived 400 and something years ago. Um, and so 
it seems like this book, it's, it, okay, there's a long story about this book. I, I've read it. It's a very interesting kind of, you know, confession, if you will. It's written on her deathbed effectively. And, and so it begins with, all people do justly owe to the world an account of their lives past. And therefore, mine being a greater debt than any other, as I have drawn more observation by unknown practices upon me, I shall dispense with reputation and credit and following the laudable examples of others, yada, yada, I will freely declare myself to all my blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell everyone. Yeah. That's what she says. To hear Mm -hmm. me in this, my defense and apology, which my faults do not exceed. I don't think she wrote this. I, I really don't think she wrote this. It's written with clear intentions about royalism, which we're going to get into a little bit. Mm. I love the idea that she wrote this and that like on her deathbed from her like beautiful statue of wealth, she's like writing this confessional. And I love it because in her lifetime, she was able to be in control of her own narrative. But I will mm-hmm. say she was also friends with a lot of great playwrights, which we're going to get into and mm-hmm. things were written about her in her own lifetime that she participated in and with. Mm. So okay. the odds of this not being written by her, by the way, we have no idea if she could even, if she was literate, there's, there's no evidence whatsoever that she is right. or would have had to have been. Um, although I think she probably could read. I don't know if she could write and I have reasons why I think she could read. Or if she had someone notating it for her who took some liberties. Well, they'd be quite fucking liberal (laughs) with all this. It's it's pretty interesting. Liberties in the editing process. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea of it. People quote freely from it as if it's been confirmed. There is absolutely Mm. no confirmation that she wrote this. And in fact, there's a lot of kind of evidence pointing to the fact that she most likely didn't write this how much of her life is true i don't know but what i love is that the evidence about her that i have is based on what was written in like indictments (laughs) love (laughs) so within the first couple of years of her career she becomes very well known as a thief (laughs) that's what i thought just check no 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 thief she becomes very well known and that's when the name mall or mal cut purse comes into play and that literally mal or mall they're both nicknames for mary but they're also plays on um like an obscene woman like Mm -hmm. it, it was kind of like a yeah, it was it was a double entente, and she fucking loved it. And, and the so, is literally cutting people. She would cut people's purses them, yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and she was often wearing men's clothing. And again, mm-hmm. to be able to have regulated this, it, it was very much done with the church. She's this is an interesting time in England. You know, we're here during, like. I think it's happening during the glorious revolution. I always forget the days of that because it's after the middle ages and you know, it's all the same to me. Um, But yeah, it's, it's like a very interesting time and everyone looks like a Puritan, like picture that with the buckle. Like that was it. Mm -hmm, That was mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. So, but she's dressing like a man, which I love. And she's also dressing like a woman and she's just kind of doing whatever she wants. And she's going around and she's cutting people's purses off and she's 
like kind of getting together this lovely little streaking. So she's arrested a couple of times. And then at one point it seems like they try to um, (laughs) reform her by sending her to Virginia, like the colony of Virginia. Hmm. And she either jumped overboard before it set sail or bribed people so that she wouldn't have to go. Um, And that's how she gets out of trouble. Most of the time, she just seems to just get out of it. It's pretty wild. And this, I mean, thieving was no laughing matter. And I say that because there was a a group of thieves, all of whom were named Elizabeth, which is just excellent. Wait. And unfortunately. (laughs) That's its own story. (laughs) It is. um, And it ends with them all hanging. Oh my gosh. There's, there's, there's a, there's a musical in there. It truly, I know. (laughs) Sweeney Todd and I ask. I need a group of thieving Elizabeths. Um, Literally. The Elizabeths. I know. Um, so she's becoming well-known and she's kind of getting this great group of women together. And this wait, is Wait, wait, wait. Beca- You're saying that because what? Oh, they all hung. That that was the, yeah. Hang. Okay, got it. Got it. Hang. Hanged. Sorry. I'm sorry. This is a weird bone I have to pick. No, the please. The past tense, if you were to be executed, you were hanged, not hung. Understood. It's like when people so, say casted. I want to die. It's just they were cast. They were cast. Past tense. Meese. It's not meese. It's just moose. Done and dunner. So. <laughs> meese. <laughs> so stupid. Um, so she's gaining a reputation. And then around 1610, the mad pran- pranks. It looks like prank cakes, but it's pranks of Mary mm-hmm. Mall of the Bankside by John Day is written. And then a couple years later, uh, actually, no, just about a year later, in 1611, The Roaring Girl by Thomas Middleton and Thomas Decker is written. And that play shows her to be exactly what she is. It's a really fun play. I really recommend reading it. I know Jacobean theater isn't like people's fave, but it really should be. It's hilarious. (laughs) And she ends up not only embracing this play, but like, leaning into it so the character Mm. of mall cut purse mall the roaring girl she is you know the kind of she's the this like subject of um this play to a degree although the play as i'm sure chloe you can speak to as someone who's now who's read the play worked with it she's she's this like she's known in the play and she's depicted as a notorious cross-dressing thief Mm-hmm. And so basically she helps a star-crossed group of lovers of two people um, to get married by like helping trick the dad that mm-hmm. so the son, the dad wants the guy or his son to marry someone of great status. He's in love with someone who's not. So he pretends that he's going to marry Maul Cutpurse, who's this virago, this like crazy, you know, well-known thief who dresses like a man. And th- that is automatically seen as immoral for the record. That's like mm-hmm. non-negotiable. Um, and it's, it makes her seem like this like sex mad woman because she dares to dress like a man. Um, that literally is somehow equitable, um, or was. And so anyway, basically the, the idea is that the girl looks so much better compared to mall cuppers that he'll get married with her. But what I love is that throughout all the time, people are trying to like get mall into like delicate or kind of wrong situations and she Mm -hmm. goes on this great rant yelling at him that you you can't assume all women are whores like it's Mm. it's and basically that like 
women, it's not something they would love to do. And a lot of the time, I mean, maybe it is, but like at the time it was that a lot of good women were forced into doing it because they're, they had to, there was no choice. And so they fight, she wounds the guy and then, you know, and so she has this great moment of like, Hey, you're assuming a lot about me just because of how I'm presenting myself wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will beat you in a fight. I will wound you. And then we're going to have to re come back together and deal with this. And I love it. And then they try and like get her to steal stuff. And she just like looks at it and is like, Oh, those are nice jewels. And then like, doesn't steal them. It's just great. And then basically it all works out in the end. And Maul says, she has another great kind of moment where she says, it is her duty to protect the people because she knows all the people who live and work in the criminal enterprises of London. So what I love though, is that in real life, it was the opposite. It was her duty to protect the ones who lived in the underworld Mm. by protecting them. You know, that was her, that was something that she almost took as to be a sacred duty. Um, And so this play is a really interesting depiction of her, but it kind of was seen as this, it, it made her this like one of the more moral characters in this play, which is so interesting, isn't it? I mean, I just, yeah, it's like. I think that it it shows that the playwright is on her side <sighs> in real life. I know. Thomas Middleton, man. <laughs> Sorry, big fan. Queen, um, icon, legend. Legend. We love her. She is um, the moment. <laughs> So it is one of her more notorious arrests happens because after a performance of this, she either performed in the play, like the last act of the play, or she came on stage after Mm. and bantered with everyone. And it seems like maybe there's a great um, article that I read that was basically understanding the da- the dating of the Roaring Girl, the play. And it says that mm-hmm. the record reveals that Maul sat there upon the stage in the public view of all the people there, presented in men's apparel and played upon her lute and sang a song and that she wore boots and had a sword by her side. And so she kind of comes on and, and like plays with the character of herself, mm-hmm. making her so much more famous, like so much more notorious. Um, and because she was wearing men's clothes, she was arrested. Right. Not because she, well, uh, actually not necessarily because of that, because women w- were not allowed to be on stage. Um, she was arrested. Ah, that's what I was going to ask if, if it, if it was a, a famously, yes. it used to frequently be men playing women. Not frequently, only because it was illegal. Yeah. Illegal. So Open there's a man playing mall in the play. Most likely. Except maybe she played herself for a bit. I mean, and yeah, the no, people, that's a, yeah fucking loved her they loved this woman and even though like she became known as that kind of performer not I mean a little bit before this but obviously because of this that she would like start leaning into this performance aspect and then she would do that thing that you see in like a lot of European cities and even in like New York where people are performing and then other people are like with them and then go around and steal from you while you're watching them perform yeah she like did that she like created that I want to give her the credit. I don't know if I can. It's so fascinating to be like, wow, we love her. And then she's like stealing from you as you say that. that, (laughs) I know, but that's, that's exactly what it was. It's this like, 
feel conflicted about that. <laughs> Very much so. And I feel like they would have too, but she was just seen as so outrageous that like it was okay somehow. And like you loved mm-hmm. to hate her. So she's operating this way and she ends up getting arrested and many times. And she's always able to kind of get out of it. It seems like she keeps promising she's going to reform herself. And she does. She just ends Mm. up doing a different kind of thieving, which I love. That's that's inventive. She's like, you're right. I won't do it again. And then she does something else instead. She's like, see, I didn't do it again. I didn't do it again. I didn't do it again. And so, yeah. So like she's playing with people on the stage and, you know, just having this great time. So because of that, on the 25th of December, she's arrested for dressing indecently and they end up accusing her of being involved in um, prostitution and sex work as a pimp. Hmm. And they bring about a whole bunch of charges against her, all of which she admits to, but she vehemently denies being involved in sex work. And it's really interesting because she's fully like, you're right. I did do all of this. And there's like a deposition of her where, you know, are there, are there different levels of, punishment for different things like is there yes. some type Very of much so. uh like would sex work be something that would really push over the edge the allegations or no is it, it was more, more so just, just like, like oh that's not true that one i think it true. was what's interesting is that perhaps later in her life she does become involved in procuring people for other people one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, but at this moment, she's very vehemently against it. I wonder if it has to do with how she's, you know, was raised. I think in the spirit of the women that she grew up around and, you know, or chose to grow up around, apparently she could have grown up quite well, not well to do, but better than, you know, of a mm-hmm. higher status than she chose. Mm-hmm. Um, cause her dad had a, a job and owned his own, mm-hmm. you know, thing, but it, it just seems like at that point, she she never, like, lied about who she was, you know? She never, yeah. she never lied about it. She never denied that she was exactly what she was. Um, mm-hmm. She would play with it, but I think it makes it, to me, so much more compelling that she said, whoa, 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 I never did that, though. I never yeah. did that. It makes it feel like it's honest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so she ends up... Um, you know, her fame is growing. She is living quite a pretty solid life at this point. And she's kind of known as the queen of thieves, right? Like she is, she mm-hmm. is this kind of ridiculous creature. And so when she's arrested, um, 
they she's required she ends up being required to do public penance for living evilly at St. Paul's Cross. Um and so early February, um, this is old St. Paul's Cathedral before the new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and there was a kind of open air area where you could go to hear dumb people lecture. Um, sorry, priests. And um she ends up having to go and and uh <laughs> do that. But John Chamberlain and Dudley Carlton, John John Chamberlain is a great um epistolatory guy you know he he wrote these great letters and we we have wonderful access to them and and therefore we know quite a bit about like day-to-day life in like late 16th early 17th century london specifically in england and Mm -hmm. in a letter it seems like you know he says about mall so she shows up she's wearing a white sheet and she quote wept bitterly and seemed very penitent but it is since doubted she was maudlin drunk being discovered to have tippled off three quarts of sack. <laughs> so she goes to like do her public penance and people go to see her, not to hear the guy lecturing, right? And they go to see right. her and it turns out she was just very drunk. Okay, that's iconic. Like It's I, incredible. I have no choice but to support. Right? Yeah. And sack is like this, it's this, it's a great term for like, this really fortified Spanish wine, like fortified. And it's, it, it, I think it, at least to me, it feels like another strong view into her character. Oh yeah. And, and her like, uh, rules are stupid. I'm just going to have fun. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I do have to say, there are these things called sumptuary laws that are deeply in play at the time. And that's another reason why the cross-dressing was seen as so subversive and mm. dangerous. And it's mm. it's also because sumptuary laws limit what you can and cannot wear based on your class of society. So, for example, mm. only royals, literally royals, not aristocrats, royals could wear things trimmed in ermine or ermine or whatever and yeah. purple silk. Right. If you were of a certain class, you could wear certain fabrics and they could be trimmed with certain things. And these were laws. So, you know, she's showing up in very nice clothing and also Mm -hmm. men's clothing. And it seems like she kind of took the best of both women's and men's clothing. I mean, I feel like she looked pretty sick. The uh, wood plate that uh, was in the title page of the Roaring Girl is pretty hilarious. Um, We will end up posting it. It's obviously one of the only, quote, contemporary images of her. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but yeah, so it seems like she, you know, she's sent to prisons. She's sent to these places, but she does her time and then leaves. And it seems like she's not punished that severely. It could be that she had a great relationship with the, you know, the, the various people involved in in the law at the time, or just that they, what they ended up being able to like snag her on wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's really interesting is like I said, every time she's arrested, she's like, you're right. I'll do something. I, I won't do that again. And then she'll do something else. And so it seems like, 
she kind of disappears a little bit. And what could have happened is that a couple years later, she ends up getting married. And what's really interesting is that it seems like she married a man whose name is Lunar, L-E-W-K-N-O-R. Wow. Lunar? Fascinating. Lunar. I, the first way you said it makes sense based on the spelling. I know, but Lou. it makes me upset. Lunar. Markham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very much a marriage of convenience. Whether or not they ever lived together, nobody knows. But what it did do is give her this incredible legal standing. So by getting married, she kind of is able to assume the nebulous world of being femme covert which is covered by the institution of marriage and this did multiple things for her but she also continued to operate as a femme soul which is this like weird soul meaning alone um she's able to like kind of operate in between this like accepted stat statuses for women right like so She's technically married. And so if she gets arrested, what she ends up doing is saying, oh, but I'm married. She's from covert, which legally gave her the status of a child, which meant she was not responsible for any of her actions, literally. <laughs> there is so much to unpack there. <laughs> there is. Welcome to legal history, everyone. Oh, um, my gosh. So legally a she, child, you said? I mean, as as if a child. Yes. Oh my god. Not they're thereby not responsible for their own actions and could oh, not yeah, be yeah. adjudicated for anything. Wow. So she would claim that status. M- meanwhile, she's beginning to run her own business. We're gonna talk about. Um <laughs> She's beginning to run her own business and she's operating as a femme soul, meaning she has complete control over her own finances, over her day-to-day life, over all of it. She owns property. She, mm-hmm. you know, kind of is doing her own thing. But the moment she's arrested for doing those things, she's like, but, but, but I'm married technically. And they're like, damn it. She's right. <laughs> That's iconic. So is, she's able how, to kind of weasel out okay of with this. I don't know. We know literally nothing about him and I love it. I wonder if he even existed. I There's a part of me that's like, did she make him up? Did she like get a friend of hers and be like, yeah, 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 we're married. Here's this guy. I don't know. All all great possibilities. So he's Lunar or Lenore is either the son mm-hmm. or a relative of Gervais Markham who was known for his work, The English Housewife, um, mm-hmm. which is quote, containing the inward and outward virtues which ought to be in a complete woman. This was the standard of womanhood and either his son or a relative or not at all related, but they just, just, you know, can associate them because it was the same time, marries the most (laughs) out of that bounds woman. I I know, it's amazing. Especially if it's his son. I feel like kids rebel by trying to do the opposite. I mean, I really hope that's the case. That'd be cool. So what she ends up doing is she ends up, um, these are when a lot of the tales about her. So there's this um, tale that she, a man bet her 20 pounds, which was a lot of money at the time, like a ton of money, that she couldn't ride from Charing Cross to Shoreditch dressed as a man. So she was like, not only will I do that, I will also ride on Morocco 
spelled M-A-R-O-C-C-O, who was a very famous performing horse. Love. <laughs> and she rode flaunting a banner and blowing a trumpet. As she should. So maybe this happened. I don't know. Either way, I love the story. Um, so she like maybe did it if she did there was one point where maybe she was like kind of not arrested but like people surrounded her like there's mall cut purse there's the evil woman and then she like gets out of it and then collects her 20 pounds um but most likely what she was doing was building a business for herself and she ends up having a what's the word for it's on fleet street and she has a she's a storefront she has a storefront that helps people recover stolen property no effing way because Mm -hmm. they stole it maybe oh my gosh (laughs) a reasonable price oh my gosh do you know what though Hmm. yes that's bad i know sure oh it's terrible I love it. Somehow <laughs> slightly more ethical. Maybe How? not. Oh, because it's returning Maybe them. not. Maybe not. Yeah, because the like if, you know, what if there was some, this is what I always think about with theft. What if there is something that matters to the person, that is valuable to the person who it was stolen from, but not valuable, you know, like, like emotionally valuable, like. Yeah. And they want you know it what back. I mean? Yeah. At least right. it gives them so, the opportunity. And so everyone they, they knew where to go. Stuff back. But if because you have the this, money, if you have the money to be if able you to have buy the money, back, you can go gosh. buy it back. And whether or not, you know, it, this was seen as a brokerage. So mm-hmm. she ends up operating this. Again, she's finding these spaces in between the the accepted roles and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, like, yeah, she's like creating the space for herself or exploiting the spaces that are naturally there. And, you know, she's going around and she says that she's the first woman to smoke tobacco. She's going around drinking, frequenting pubs and Mm -hmm. running a brokerage that ends up helping people get their stuff back. Maybe she and her band of ladies or men stole it. But either way, people knew that if something was stolen, they could go to Mall's brokerage and probably get it back. (laughs) That's wild. And what's interesting is that it was said that she had complete control over the criminal enterprises in London. It was said that if there was a crime that happened at 8 p.m., you know, by the next morning at 8 a.m., Mall knew about it. That is wild. She is the Godfather. That's a lot of she power. Is better than the Godfather. Yeah. She is everything and we love her. So she, there's a great story. Again, it's her finding loopholes and I'm obsessed with this. So there was a guy who got his watch stolen and he was really, really upset. And um, he went to mall and he said, and guess what, what was hanging in the window at her brokerage, his watch. Hang on. Mm-hmm. This this is what I want to know. I want to know if if the storefront is like, here are lost items that we've found. Or are they like selling things? It's Are, are they selling it's some brokerage. of these objects in the window? 
I, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't think so. I think everyone knew what it was because I believe at the time you couldn't, it wasn't until like the 1690s that an accessory to a crime could be charged. Mm. So she's just there with the stolen goods. She didn't do it. Amazing. So this guy comes in, he wants the watch. He wants his watch and guess what's hanging in the window is watch. Right. And so, you know, it, it seems like she's like, you're right. Let me help you. And he saw it hanging in the window and it got him mad. So this time he calls a constable and she gets lodged in Newgate, which is the worst prison. There's a couple prisons, but Newgate's the bad one. She had been in, um, what's the other one? I don't remember. She had been in another one. Oh, mm-hmm. no. What is it? Whatever. She had been in another one a couple times. But mm-hmm. Newgate, this is, I think, her first time in Newgate. Or again, this is the tale of her first time in Newgate. And it's not mm-hmm. great. And so they're committed to trial. And apparently it seems like they both say the constable should be the one with the watch. And she says... You know what when they when the when the session comes around she pleads not guilty and she says these weren't the same two watches like how are you supposed to prove that mm. and so the farmer the guy whose watch was stolen he may have been a farmer he said fine the constable has it let's go and then the constable puts his hand in his pocket and the watch is gone it seems like maybe one of her people stole it unreal <laughs> and the judge is like are you joking but he has to acquit her because they can't prove that a crime took place. Jeez. I love it so much. Smart. Very smart. It's ridiculous. So in her youth, she loved bear baiting, which is terrible, but it was a it was a popular thing at the time. And so she she's continuing to frequent that. You know, she has apparently she had quite a few dogs, which love. And that they she kept parrots and mastiffs. And each of the dogs um, had their own bed with sheets and blankets and she made their food herself. Like she really, she was the OG dog mom. And she loved having well-trained dogs and parrots. And she ended up being able to create this really wonderful lifestyle for herself because she was so, she became very wealthy, obviously. Mm. And it's, you know, she had a couple, she had like three maids living with her working full time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seems like she, and this is when the tale uh, in her quote autobiography starts to take a really interesting term is that it seems like there's quite a royalist um, edge to the story. And it's like, she hated the um, like revolutionaries and the anti-royalists and that she like robbed them specifically and Mm. heard about Lord Fairfax, who was like a big kind of supporter of the regicide. (laughs) And Mm. um, you know, he, it it seems like she shot maybe two of his horses and shot at him, which, you know, all of these become more outlandish the more you hear them. I don't Mm. know if that's the case. Um, but it seems as though if that were the case, then it kind of makes sense. She ends up having quite a line throughout her life of, you know, what was right and wrong to her. She just had her own brand of morality. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she 
is running this brokerage. She's becoming unbelievably wealthy and well-known. There's another kind of scam that they end up running, if you will, um, where it seems like they steal um, like people's books, like the books of someone's uh, store, Mm -hmm. and then you could buy them back. It's extortion. It's not great. But, you know, None it, of it seems great. Yeah. No, but it's, it's so entertaining. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, what's funny is they're like, people in the Victorian era were like, she's like a Robin Hood. And it's like, no, because she didn't steal from the rich to give to the poor. She just stole or had right, a gang right, right, of right. people steal. And then there you could no get giving. it back. if you, There was no giving back. Although it is, it is. Apparently, she treated her, quote, employees unbelievably well and was a very fair boss. Because you know what? When you've had bad bosses, you you know. I guess. <laughs> that is good. So she's kind of arrested in and out. She's running these stores and scams. And she is just living this, like, very interesting I'm going to use the word again because I think it's the best one to describe her subversive life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she's, whether or not the tales of her, you know, uh, being this kind of royalist force for, I guess, good in that, I don't know, depending on what side you fall on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But she had her own moral code and she ran that world Mm -hmm. to that code. Mm -hmm. You know, and so... The next kind of official records we have of her is that she maybe was working as a pimp. And it wasn't only that she was procuring women for men, but also male lovers for middle class women. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like maybe that was happening and that she ends up kind of, she does enter that world. But again... I think she just saw business opportunities. Like, let's be frank. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's that story, probably apocryphal, that she robbed um, Lord Fairfax. And in shooting him, it maybe she was going to maybe be executed. She was sent to Newgate Prison. Maybe she paid a 2,000 pound bribe, which is a wild amount of money. Mm-hmm. But in June of 1644, for some reason, she was released from Bethlehem Hospital, better known as Bethlehem. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really know why she went in. People think it may have to do with that episode of her shooting general or Lord Fairfax or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence to support that. The timing is odd in her life because, like I said, she's kind of operating in and around the system. And when she appears officially in sources, it's because she was like arrested or someone Mm, was arrested mm -hmm. or she was, a play was written about her. And it's like, how do I know it's true? Um, Right. You know, it's kind of tricky. And so maybe she was, it said cured of insanity. It could have been that she was, you know, like we mentioned, her operating that kind of nebulous realm was seen as perhaps a mark of insanity, literally. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could have simply been that she um, was seen as insane and then was uh, committed. I, I don't know. Um, right. 
But again, throughout all of this time, when they're writing ballads and the tales of her are being told, she's encouraging it. She is using that to her advantage and having it kind of increase her business ventures, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's early, early level marketing. Truly. And really successful. Really yeah. successful at it. And she, yeah, she's this, she's someone we love to hate or hate to love. This mm. anti-hero, this kind of, you know, not what T Swift was writing about. But Yeah, you know why I left. I know. That's why I had to say it. But whether or not Mary Frith created Mall Cut Purse or Mall Cut Purse was this extension, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's easy to say one was not the other. You know, one's this like criminal ringleader and this perfect example of what womanhood looks like when it goes wrong. Right. Or if, you know, whatever. I think she understood that she could operate in this in-between world because I think I think for her, for us to say that she wouldn't have understood that would be a, a, a mistake because she, mm. so many of her actions are taking very clear advantage of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like the whole femme soul, femme covert, like mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible. Um, and so, you know, Maybe it was insanity. Maybe it was that her reputation kind of caught up with her. We don't really Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, she ends up living with her maids, this kind of lovely existence. The Victorians like to say she lost all of her money. I don't know if that's the case. They love to moralize things. So maybe that was their way of like making her tail right legitimate somehow or just desserts yeah yeah but it seems like she died a rather wealthy woman and gave perhaps money to the women who worked for her Mm -hmm. um and so you know she around Possibly 1659 on Fleet Street, Mal Cutpurse, Mal Cutpurse, Mary Frith ends up passing away of dropsy, mm-hmm. um, which is like, just sounds like a miserable way to die. It's just like edema. Um, and it can lead, it come from like DVT or like kind of stuff. But anyway, it, it can be pretty bad. And it was a pretty solid way that people died um, for a while. Um mm. And so immediately a couple years afterward that the life and death of Mrs. Mary Frith, commonly called Mal Cutpurse, was written and released 1662. So about, you know, three years later. And it's an interesting read. And I don't know if it's the case because it really does seem to have that moralistic turn of it. And so at the very end, she ends up having this like, and yet here's my will, um, kind of thing. And, but one of the things I love is this little bit, whether or not she wrote this, I don't know, but I think it speaks to her. It says yet to preserve something of my memory and not leave it to the courtesy of an executor. I anticipated my funeral expenses for it being the fashion of the times to give rings to the undoing of the confectioners who live all together by the dead and the newborn. I distributed some of that I had by me, but a far greater value than your pitiful hollow of six or seven shillings a piece that a juggler would scorn to show tricks with among my chief companions 
and friends. These rings like prince's jewels were notable ones. And she gave them names, the Bartholomew, the Ludgate, and the Exchange, um, deriving their appellation from the places they were taken in. You know, I trust my said friends will wear them both for my sake and theirs. In short, for my breath fails me, I did not, I did make no will at all, even though this just said it was a will, because I had had it so long before to no better purpose that if I had had my desert, I should have had an executioner instead of an executor. Mm. It is very well I part so fairly, but remember me to, to Dunn and tell him he will not need my legacy for my divining spirit tells me there's a glut coming, which will make him happy and rich if he knows how to use it. So she's speaking of a friend. This is the first time, though, that I've thought about her interest in wealth and, like, the finer things in life and her value of it all. I don't know why. Sometimes sometimes when you hear of a thief, you're just like, ah, yes, someone who wants money. But I, something about the way that that was written, not something. I mean, it's the whole insult (laughs) of of the juggler, (laughs) you know, the, the pitiful whatever but this and that she named her jewels Bartholomew yeah it, it feels like she she like really values wealth in a way that I find interesting and that again can we trust that I don't know no yeah yeah is that a man putting that onto a woman I don't know um yeah that is interesting it is interesting but I love the spirit of it you know, yeah, she is yeah, yeah, yeah. and continues There's an insult to be. in there. <laughs> there is an insult. But I, I do love the bit about, um, I'm not sure if I should have had an executor versus an executioner. Executioner, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and the Victorians kind of get their weasels in and ruin it. And, you know, as they love to do with women. And mm-hmm. she's in this great tale of, oh, what was it? She's in A Book of Scoundrels. And she's the only woman featured in mm. The Book of Scoundrels. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, so often when we talk about women, we're trying to figure out what's true and what's not. But what I love is that she's, it's impossible. She's inextricably linked to this tales that were told about her, not only in her own life, but after. And I feel like she was, she was down with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love that the roaring girl has this iconic iteration um, and was recently kind of re-performed. I think the RSC did it and it's just great that, you know, yeah, I love it. Um, there's a great article that I was reading. Um, and at the end it, it kind of concludes her life and says, um, by disentangling the disparate threads of Frith's life and Maul's myth though, three intriguing narratives become clear, each worthy of for- further exploration. Frith, the fashionable entrepreneur, Maul, the mercurial heroine, and Maul, the notorious criminal. Hmm. Somehow I hear about her and I just smile. It's the badassery. That's what it it's is. It's the badassery. And I love that, like, again, she's like, they're like, you need to perform public penance. And she's like, you're right. I do. And then shows up drunk, like wasted. <laughs> it feels... A little Pirates of the Caribbean. It does. She was a landed pirate. (laughs) Yeah. And by having that no, that lack of structure, that lack of, Mm. 
you know, rules, she was able to operate freely. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's iconic. I'm going to say it. Go for it. (laughs) She is the moment. She has been. She literally is the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, her. Her. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So did you know the term roaring girl? It's actually an old term that was used in terms of boys, which is hilarious that Middleton was like, (laughs) I'm going to use it about a girl. And it was said to be, quote, it was aggressive young men of lower social stations who defied codes of civility and ate the belligerent and courtly styles of the upper class. Hmm. Checks out. I love it so much. I wonder, I wonder how many listeners knew the play, knew the term, knew the woman. That one's interesting to me. Yeah. Cause I, I, as a, as a, theater person yeah also go read it a heavy pause (laughs) considering it is Uh, a um considering that it is a like jacobean work mm. it's pretty approachable yeah I, i yeah i i thought so it's interesting that it's not one of the more well-known ones. I mean, I, I I was digging when I found it, you know? Yeah. Well. I think it's worthy. Oh, of yeah. And guess what? So she was said to have been buried in, mm. um, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? There was an old church there. It was kind of destroyed during the Great Fire. And then it was like destroyed again during Allied bombing uh, or mm. not Allied bombing, excuse me, um, German bombing during the war. Mm. But maybe John Milton wrote her epitaph. <laughs> Hmm. Like they were friends. Oh, Why not? Milton. I hate Milton. I don't hate Milton. Just Paradise Law. Like, we get it. It's really good. But, like, I get it. Anyway. We love her. We love, we to love see her. It. We love to see it. She is uh, the moment. <laughs> she is the moment. Another fantastic episode of the historically badass broads podcast has concluded <laughs> oh that's it okay another stunning episode what is there more stunning no that's it she's cool <laughs> she is cool get ready i, know how I feel like I, I literally I that, never know how to I, know, I don't either i hope that like so we're gonna of the couple things that we can post about her because there aren't many there's the woodcut yes. there's yes, another yes, woodcut yes. that was done of her when she's older and she looks horrendous i think they did Mm. really dirty by her then Mm. there's um there is a woodcut of morocco the famous performing horse that i think we have to oh yeah absolutely we must that's a necessity yeah yeah okay we'll look forward to that everybody yay and we'll look forward to talking at you again in a month thanks everyone (laughs) thanks Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 